What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and tonight I'm going to be flying solo. Elliot, not with me tonight. We just had too much going on, um, and I really wanted to get another episode out. So this one, actually, I recorded um, a little while earlier, and just due to time constraints with the collab, I wasn't able to get it out right away. So going to go ahead and drop it for you guys now. Um, but it was definitely a fun podcast. Had Gucci on, <laughs> Gucci TV from The Hunting Public. He is their intern cameraman, and we're going to hear all about that and his waterfowling hunting, uh, waterfowl hunting as well. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that one, guys. It's a fun one. Um, but before we jump right into that, let's have a quick word from our partners, and we'll get right into it. First, I'd like to give a big thanks out to on x guys i've been using onyx like crazy uh just perfect for dropping pins all over the place color coded whatever you want to do um you know i do i do a pretty a pretty crazy color scheme for um you know, keeping it all organized um, but not only that for the pins but it gives you the land ownership it tells you who owns it their tax address you can find them right away get permission on those private land spots and if you're public land hunter don't worry it's great for that as well shows you the property boundaries that way you always know um you know if you're legal in a legal area if you see birds then you can you can get right on them and and have that peace of mind um so definitely check those guys out you can check them out on pc or um app as well for the phone either one i use them both so a big thanks out to those guys also like to give a big thanks out to motion ducks guys motion ducks is perfect for uh those no wind days um i've been using it a lot this year <laughs> honestly it's it's Got to be at least 90% of my hunts of bringing that motion ducks decoy spreader. Um, you know, like I said, guys, no wind days, anything seven miles per hour and less, you know, uh, you're going to want to have something that gives a lot of motion in your set. And the motion duck decoy spreader is a jerk rig on steroids. Um, it, it spreads the birds out instead of having like traditional jerk rig where it's one line of birds moving around. It's a whole flock. I use the ultimate, so it's seven. And, you know, gets ripples out in a, a big area, fills up your spread with movement. And, you know, on those no-win days, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to have birds flaring, especially later in the season when they're seeing the glass-like water. So definitely check out those guys, Motion Ducks, motionducks.com, and use code DUCKGUN2020 for 10% off and free shipping. Also like to give a big thanks out to Finisher, Dispatch Your Birds, it's never been easier using the finisher tool. A humane way, a quick way. Um, you just slip it in the back of their head and uh, finish the bird off. And, you know, gone are the days where you could, where you have to wring the bird's neck or occasion crunch. Or, you know, we've heard countless ways um, <laughs> that are not great. You know, uh, people holding birds underwater, trying to choke them out. Um, you know, as hunters, we are stewards of the animals that we chase and harvest and you know we should definitely take care to finish the birds in a quick and humane way so definitely check out finisher at adrenaline.com promo code gun 15 also like to give a big thanks out to hdr innovation guys american made product over there they got quack packs layouts gun stands i want to give you know elliot Elliot always talks about the layout pads. Um, so I want to say <laughs> the layout lounge uh, 
it's been a big change for me as well this season with the layout hunts, starting to do the layout hunts a little bit more out there in Kansas. Got to do an awesome layout hunt with Josh from Outdoor Limits, and I had the the, the HDR layout pad, um, the HDR layout lounge in my kayak um, with the kayak blind and everything laid right on that, man. Super comfy for the whole hunt. Shot my limit from it, <laughs> five mallards and one tail. Couldn't be better than that. Um, and was able to use the the HTR layout lounge on that hunt as well. So they got the gun stand, like I said, um, and the quack pack. You know, stay tuned, guys. Next season, um, there's going to big be a big change on the A-frame as well. So uh, definitely check out those guys. American-made, high-quality products. Use code DuckGun10. Duck Gun Space 10 for 10% off and free shipping at hgrinnovations.com. Also like to give a big thanks out to Bosch Shot Shells, another American-made qual- um, company, high quality, and it gives you high density of pellets. You know, uh, my favorite shot from the Boss is the two and three-quarter inch fives. And, you know, going up to a number five from, you know, a lot of people use number twos, number threes, number fours for ducks. But if you go up to the number five, you're going to have even more pellets in your pattern and not only that, but they're going to have a, a, a bigger oomph um, with the high-density material of bismuth. And not only that, but the copper-coated bismuth has more pellet penetration. Uh, so all around, guys, like I said, they're just deadlier for all those reasons. And not only that, but it's a great American-made company. Local to me, they're up there in southern Michigan, um, not too far away. So it's, it's definitely awesome to support these local American-made companies. Definitely check out those guys. Bosch Shot Shells. You won't regret it. And lastly, I'd like to give a big thanks out to Gunner Kindles, another American-made company. Uh, American-made double-wall rotomolded, five-star crash test-rated. It's perfect for trips. Guys, I'm taking trips for duck hunting all the time. Not only that, but just any time you're going from your house to the boat ramp or the marsh or wherever it is, um, you want to have your dog safe. You want to have peace of mind having them ride in the back of your truck, knowing that even if you have an accident, and we've seen the um, testimonials of people flip their trucks, landed on the gunner kennel, and their dog comes out unscathed, unscathed without a scratch, um, and you can't beat that. So, <laughs> you know, our dogs are an investment, and we need to do our best to take care of them. So I'm super, super glad that I have a gunner kennel and have my dog riding in the back in that kennel, and he is safe and sound. So tech, check those guys out as well. Duck Gun 10 for 10% off. All right, without further ado, we'll go ahead and jump in today's podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got my guest for tonight, Ethan Gooch. How you doing tonight? I'm great. I'm happy to be on the show, happy to talk about some waterfowl hunting. Good night. Awesome. Awesome, and, we're, and it's a it's a really good time, honestly, to to jump on the podcast. We're in the heat of season, pretty much around the country. Um, but to give you a little bit of an introduction, you are uh, part of the crew over there at the Hunting Public. Um, you know, I don't know if your official title is intern or um, what it is over there, cameraman. Um, but beyond that, you know, another thing you got going on that's that's pretty neat. You know, kind of crossing over to um, the waterfowl world on media as well and doing some of your own videos over there as well as you know uh, I've seen you, you guys had one up there on the, the hunting public YouTube as well 
Yep, that's correct. I'm technically like the intern at the hunting public, but I luckily get to hunt some with them, but mostly just video for them. And then they've been nice enough to let me come back when I'm not videoing for them. And I've been filming my waterfowl hunts and posting them on my YouTube channel. So it's been an awesome fall and I've learned a ton. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, kind of get, kind of get your story. Let's, let's jump a little bit, um, to the beginning, uh, you know, to uh, when you're a, a youngster, I'm assuming. And, and, uh, <laughs> when you got into just hunting in general. Yeah. Um, I remember first waterfowl hunting my dad and my grandpa had a pontoon blind on a big lake up here. I'm from Northern Missouri. So a couple decent sized lakes up here and they used to always just take me out, um, in the pontoon and go hunting. And it was great cause it was warm. Everybody was there. We always had breakfast and didn't really matter if we killed ducks cause I was warm and we were just having a ton of fun. So that was kind of my first memory growing up hunting. And then really ever since, um, my dad took me deer hunting a couple years later. I've just been hooked on hunting. Always been more into waterfowl than I was deer hunting, but I'll do pretty much anything um, when the opportunity arises. So did that uh, until I was 13, and then I got my first camera and kind of just started fiddling around with my camera and filming my hunt. And then did that for several years, didn't do much with them, just showed them to my family, um, kept them for myself. Uh, didn't take it too seriously with the camera. And then I applied last spring for the hunting public internship, um, which is available every spring and just sent them in some videos and was lucky enough that they picked me as the intern and kind of just took off running from there. Started my own YouTube channel, been able to film some awesome deer hunts and be around those awesome guys. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Awesome. Awesome. To kind of, to kind of uh, fully flesh out the timeline there a little bit more, um, so when you started duck hunting, you know, what about, what age were you around then? Um, I have a picture in my grandpa's house when I was five sitting on his lap in the duck blind, but I don't remember shooting my first duck until I was probably nine. Um, so I went for several years before I got to shoot and partly that was because the pontoon we were in, you had to be so tall to shoot out of and I just wasn't tall enough to shoot out of. So, um, yeah, I started, got started pretty young, but didn't actually shoot um, anything until I was eight or nine, I think. Awesome. You know, that's uh, that's definitely an early start um, in pretty much anyone's books. But, uh, you know, I guess, what is it like out there in, in northern um, Missouri as far as your duck hunting scene? Um, That in particular, before I really could drive around, travel, and scout, um like I said, we were just hunting big water, um, similar to what you were hunting in your last video, the one up from Michigan. Um, it's just a big lake. I'm sure the one up in Michigan's bigger, but big water um, was really only good on migration days. I mean, there was days that the lake would hold birds, but really we're just hoping for um, a migration day. And we set tons of decoys before the season and we'd go out there every chance we got. And sometimes it was bus and sometimes it was boom uh, but obviously that's not the full story of northern missouri as i got older and was able to drive and scout and explore the different public land opportunities and um get permission to different places there's a wide variety of things you can do besides just hunt big water in a pond tent awesome awesome um so yeah and then you said later on in your life you started getting into uh deer hunting 
Um, so, you know, I guess, uh, what kind of, what timeline was that in, in your uh, hunting career, I should say? <laughs> yeah. Um, I shot my first year when I was nine. Um, I think my dad just let me start shooting when I was nine. Um, so I remember shooting my first duck and then I shot my first deer when I was nine. Um, and I pretty much deer hunted every year after that. Um, mostly just during rifle season, I didn't have a bow. And then, um, every year we'd go uh, down to one of my dad's buddies place and rifle hunt. And that was always just great memories. We'd stay in the camper for a week and hunt there. And, uh, when I was 13, I think is when I got my hunter safety course. And that's when I got a bow. And I got really into archery hunting then, and I still hunt with a rifle some, but I, I mostly archery hunt now for deer, um, and that just, there's a lot more opportunities to archery hunt, and it's not during the main duck season, so I archery hunt for deer a lot more now. Awesome. So, uh, you know, kind of moving forward from that, um, one thing you mentioned, which probably was, uh, you know, I assume that you're you're pretty excited about it, but um, getting that intern there with, uh, the hunting public, you know, exactly how'd that come about or what was the thought process going into that? Yeah. So I've gotten a lot of questions about this personally and the hunting public gets a lot of questions about this. So I might cover this in some detail, but, um, I'd watched the show, uh, pretty much since the inception and I'd just fallen in love with the show. I think there's a lot of people that really like the show and, um, I was one of them. And I came home one night, uh, I think it was in February, and my buddy was at home, and they had announced the internship, and he's like, hey, man, you should apply for this. And so I just had to send in a written resume, um, discuss some of my skills I thought I had, and talk about um, what experience I had, and then I just sent in some pictures and some videos of some hunts I'd filmed, and um, just basically followed what the, the guidelines were as far as the application went. And then they got back to me. I went through several interview processes, uh, did interviews with a couple of different guys, met them a couple of times, and then was lucky enough to be able to get it. But uh, there's a lot of people that are interested in that internship. And there's a lot of companies that do um, internships like that in the outdoor space. And if you're not sure, it's always a good idea to just DM them or um, call and text them if you have that ability. But that's a great way to get in. Um, and, and start learning how to do that stuff. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. It seems like it definitely be a high, uh, um, I guess a lot of people is what I'm trying to get. A lot, a lot of people <laughs> trying to get that internship. So, uh, uh, you know, definitely, uh, congrats on that. That's pretty, uh, pretty cool to, to be able to do that. And, and you said that was this spring that you started with them. Oh, I, I applied for it this spring and then I went on a couple trips uh, during turkey season with them at the end of May. And then I didn't technically start the internship until um, about middle of July and uh, got the camera run down there for about a month and just kind of learned all about the hunting public and how to run a camera and how to edit and just every side of the business that is the hunting public and then uh, film my first hunt in August. So, yeah, usually the interns start uh, midway through July and then they finish uh, about the first of the year. Nice. Nice. So, so kind of stepping backward, talking about, uh, um, you know, you're picking up the cameras, not everybody who just starts filming, filming hunts. So, you know, kind of, uh, what, what kind of caused that to be something that you're excited about doing or, or wanted to get into? 
yeah um I always remember I used to wrestle and play football and my dad used to always just have a video camera and was never anything special but he'd always film everything and then um whether it was that night or the next year we'd sit down and watch it and I always remember being happy that he had filmed it and being able to look back on it and watch it and I remember just connecting the dots of like, well, I really like to hunt. I'd really like to capture what I'm doing. And I'm sure one day um, I'll want to look back and, and see what, what had happened. And so I remember I just took my, my parents' camera out and I filmed my first deer kill in uh, 2014. So I was 14. And uh, ever since then, I was just hooked on it. I just thought it added a whole nother challenge and I don't know, something about being able to capture and show people the real side of hunting um, and kind of break down some of the misconceptions that people weren't able to see if they'd never been uh, really interested in me. So that's kind of how I got started and it all started just by taking out my parents' camera and I just really liked capturing what I was doing outside. Awesome. You know, definitely a, you know, definitely something to be proud of having, having those memories and, um, you know, stuff, stuff, uh, that's recorded and that you can look at at a later day. I know, uh, myself is, is, you know, having that stuff on, up on YouTube and being able to share that with other people who aren't, aren't there at the hunt, you know, it's just something that's, uh, awesome to have. And, you know, uh, I, I think especially, like you said, in the future later on, um, you know, it's even going to mean more. So that's definitely cool. Um, but, you know, kind of, kind of past the, the hunting public then, or, um, you know, beyond, beyond that, you've started your, your own YouTube channel, uh, and you know, you got that rolling now. So, uh, was that something you had planned or it's just something you kind of figured, you know, once you kind of fine tune your skills over with those guys, you jump over to filming some of your waterfowl hunts or, um, you know, you, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um. That's a good question. I haven't really thought about how it kind of all started. Um, I was just at the internship, and I had bought a pretty nice camera there to to film um, for the guys. I was always scared of breaking one of their cameras, so figured I'd just buy a, a camera for myself and um, have my own equipment. So I, I bought the camera, and then um, I came back on a weekend, and we were duck. We were going duck. It was things was opening day at teal season or something i was like i'll just take and try to film this like i do the hunting public guys and i i got back and i edited it and i was like well that wasn't terrible so um i talked to aaron and aaron warbritton who's uh, one of the owners of the hunting public he's like hey man like you should consider starting your own channel you do a lot of stuff and um you're gonna go back to school after the internship so you know if that's something you want to do we'll help you out and so I just started my own YouTube channel. The name's Gucci TV. Um, Jake, Jake Hipsman was the one that came up with that. Um, and I just, yeah, I just started filming my waterfowl hunts and taking the camera with me and don't really have a whole lot of plans as far as that goes, as far as what I'm going to do with it. But I just plan on taking the camera with me go every time I go hunting and posting what I hunt. So Awesome. So are those guys, uh, you know, there's a couple of different ways we can go from what you said there, but are those guys out there at the hunting public pretty uh, cool guys to be around? And Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't tell you if they weren't, but I can tell you they're <laughs> everything. I mean, they're everything, you you know, you'd expect them to be. Uh, they're real down to earth. They're great guys. They've been totally supportive of 
me doing what I want to do and they're really supportive of what all they want to do. Um, yeah, I can't really speak highly enough about them. I'm going to be really sad when I leave. Um, they just, they're great guys and I've made just friends that I'm going to have the rest of my life and I'm really reluctant to leave, but I got to go back to school. So yeah, they're great guys and they're every, everything you see on the show is real. And I, I knew, I knew going into that, there was, um, times that in the outdoor media space, what you saw wasn't actually what happened. And that was one of the things I worried about. And there's just been none of that. They're just stand up guys that like to hunt and like to film. So awesome. yeah, I love the hunting public and they're great guys. Yeah. I'm right. With, I'm right there with you. I've actually been, I've been watching them since before they were the honey pu- hunting public on uh Midwest whitetail. I remember Aaron, um, I, I believe he was the intern at one point with those guys. And then, uh, yep. and Zach was the intern, you know, as well. And, um, and then, you know, after that they started the hunting public and it's kind of funny cause I, I watch a lot, <laughs> a lot of deer hunting for how little deer hunting I actually do. Um, right. you know, I keep most of my time with waterfowl, keep myself busy with that. But, um, like you said, I, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed the content they put out over there and on the way they've done it, they're really, uh, kind of broke industry standards uh with the way they've done it there on jumping over to youtube and and uh you know creating the hunting public so um but interesting to say to hear you say that you wish you you know kind of reluctant reluctant to leave the hunting public um was that your plan all along then to to just come on for a certain amount of time and and then at at the end of your intern you know um kind of head out and go back to school and and just do your own thing or is there any way in the future that you might uh, join back up with them and, and, you know, be continue on as part of the hunting public. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, I'd be more than willing to stay with them. Uh, but I told myself when I started college, that was my priority was to finish. And I was going to graduate a semester early. So that's why I did the internship anyway, was I wanted to graduate on time with a couple of my buddies. So figured I'd take a semester off and do the internship. And I didn't really know where it would lead. I didn't know if I'd like it at the end of it or, uh, you know, get sick of filming or not like the guys or whatever. And I've loved every minute of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm more than willing to do whatever the hunting public wants to do when I finish school. And uh, I've already talked to Aaron. I think we're going to go on a couple trips next spring. And I'm sure I'll be back to film them next fall some when they need help. So, yeah, I'd. I want to work with them every chance I get. Um, going into it, though, my plan was always to return to school and take what I learned and start my own YouTube channel and just finish out school when I got done. Awesome. Awesome. So so jumping back to your uh, YouTube channel, um, you know, I, I just got done watching uh, one of your, your most recent hunts out there in Missouri. Um, you guys were hunting flooded corn. Was that Was that public land or private? That was public land. Okay. So I know you said, I can't remember what you called it at the beginning of the video, but um, we don't have a lot of stuff like that in Indiana. <laughs> so I'm a little jealous of, of that kind of setup you got for public land. Yeah. But um, it seems like you've definitely been on some solid hunts this year. Um, you know, what is your hunting out there, you know, from year to year? Is it is it pretty good out there in Missouri? Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to really compare. Um, I've hunted a little bit in Kansas and I've hunted – um, I got to hunt some earlier this year in Southern Iowa, so I'm not really sure, but, um, really in the last three or four years, uh, we've started to have pretty good success. 
Um, I remember four four years ago, probably, my buddies and I were just talking about this. We would, you know, it's about 50% of the time we went out, would we kill a duck or a goose? And I was looking back, and to this day, to this day in this season, we haven't gone out and not killed a duck or a goose. Now, that, I mean, that might only be one, but... Um, you know, if you can kill something every time you go, that, that makes you pretty happy. So, um, it's certainly been good. I, I think like anywhere, it depends a lot on the migration, but, um, I'm lucky enough to have, uh, three or four just really good buddies that are in college with me that have a lot of time to go scout and they're not afraid to travel around and look for birds. So, um, that's definitely just been the biggest key was when we all were able to start driving, we kind of split up a uh, 30 to 60 mile radius around where I live and everybody's kind of got their own little area and just started getting permission to places and um, applying to hunt these public areas and scouting the public areas. And we've been having a little bit more, a lot more success than we were. Um, but like I said, that just depends year to year on the migration and um, how far you're willing to travel really. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you no, know, definitely can't. Um, overstate that enough, how important it is to get out there and scout. Um, and, you know, like you said, you gotta, sometimes you got to get in there and you got to blind hunt the public spots and, and figure them out. You know, there's nothing like getting in a marsh and, and watching it breathe to kind of really put together how the birds are going to react in there and where the, the go-to spots are, are going to be at. Right. Yeah, so, and we have some of that too. Um, there's some definitely some walk-in areas that just in the last three years, you know, we've gone and haven't had much success, but just every time you go to those those public spots and see where other people are having success or you're in the wrong spot and you're seeing birds 250 yards away from you or whatever you can do to learn the area, that, that's been the biggest key. And luckily enough, we haven't, I went to college in my hometown, so I haven't moved. So I've been able to learn these areas for three or four years and have a little bit more success on them than I would if I was just going in there blind like I did the first couple of years I hunted those areas. Definitely. And, uh, you know, not to mention, um, like you said, having a crew and having multiple people going out and scouting um, just definitely increases your, your uh, success. And I think it is, it is rare to find, you know, uh, a group where you can get everybody who's all on board, uh, gun-ho going, and everybody has the same enthusiasm level and same drive to get after the bird and same amount of time to do it. So, um, definitely, you know, definitely, uh, uh, sounds like you got a solid crew that's, you know, guys are, are able to out, get out there and, and help each other out. So that's definitely solid. Um, how many times yeah. do you guys get out to, to hunt per week? Um, I, I mean, I would go about every day. Um, I, especially right now, um, I'm off from the hunting public until, uh, like the 4th or 5th of December. So, um, I've been out every day. I actually had a COVID test today, so, um, I'm not going to hunt here for the next four or five days until I get my results back. But, um, when we're in college, we, we do go four or five times a week. I purposely, me and two of my other buddies go to the same college and we set our schedule so we don't have classes in the morning. And we, I mean, I'm being serious. We pretty much go four or five times a week. Um, and that's, a, you know, that's a, there's just people don't, you, the average person that doesn't have that amount of time. Um, and 
I mean, we're just lucky enough that we got into it this early and are able to have that flexibility because um, that there's certainly times we go out and don't kill a whole lot, but being able to go out every day, you're going to get lucky sometimes. Yeah, and and not to mention that with every day, um, it almost gives you an advantage in a way because you're seeing those birds, and sometimes you might not be right on the X, but you can see where the X is at, and, you, and you're all lined up for um, the next day. So, <laughs> right, um, definitely, you know, definitely helpful to be able to get out a ton like that as well. Um, do you have a? Yeah, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, I, Ted and Jake and I always laugh about. There's always a lot of people that you know, think the guys at the hunting public are like the best deer hunters in the world or no one can ever, you know, be as good as those guys. And they get comments like that all the time. And Ted and Jake just always say that everyone would have more success if they got to hunt every day, all day long. I mean, the Ted and Jake and those guys, they're definitely good hunters, but if you can hunt every single day, you're going to eventually get lucky. And uh, people forget that a lot of hunting, a lot of hunting is luck. And so, um, just being able to hunt every day like that is crucial for their success. Oh yeah. You know, uh, you got a, you got a favorite from the crew. <laughs> um, I would definitely say, I mean, they're the closest in age, but Ted and Jake are like, they're like my best buddies now. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I love those guys. <laughs> I know I'm probably going to get, you know, everybody probably has a favorite that watches them. I'd just say, but I think definitely my favorite has always been Zach from the show. There's just so many iconic moments where he's, he's, uh, you know, crawled around, shot a big buck and then he just sprints back to the camera and he's got, you know, all this enthusiasm. And <laughs> so, Oh yeah. He, he gets wound up. I really haven't been, a, I can't say really anything about Zach because I've only, I hunted with them a little bit in South Dakota during antelope, and then um, I was with them in North Dakota. But besides that, he's been kind of bouncing around, and I've been with either Warb, Greg, Ted, and Jake. So, But when I've been around Zach, man, he is he's a ball of energy, and it makes it fun to hunt. Um, he's just constant, constantly enthusiastic and constantly positive. So he's fun to be around. Awesome. So, so what is your day-to-day like when you're out there – hunting and filming with those guys yeah um we wake up pretty early i mean we wake up (laughs) as early as anybody would to go hunt but um a lot of people don't realize the amount of stuff that the camera takes just making sure the batteries are all charged a lot of times we're not in places that have electricity so setting up the solar panel or setting up we have a big external battery that charges all the cameras so we got to make sure all the cameras are charged make sure that all the SD cards are formatted and blank so that when we start a new day, everything's fresh. So we wake up 30 to 45 minutes earlier than you normally would to make sure everything's in check. And then we pretty much hunt all day long, um, hunt or scout all day long. And then, um, you know, the big thing that's our job or the cameraman's job when you get back is to make sure that all the footage is there and put it on the hard drive. So, um, if you guys are filming your hunts, I just really quick tip. I would get an external hard drive. I'm sure you use them, um, Jordan, but I have a two terabyte hard drive and that's where we back up all of our, our footage. Um, that night we get home, take all the SD cards, put them in our computer and we put them, all the footage on, um, external hard drive. And, and that's 
that's what'll take a while. It, it'll take, you know, on the average day, we might have two to three hours of footage that might be 100 gigabytes of data. So that's going to take 30 to 45 minutes to, to put on the hard drive after you're done hunting and then, uh, you know, erase all the memory cards and then charge all the batteries and eat dinner and go to sleep. Um, when I'm with them, there's not much, um, there's plenty of free time, I guess, but you know, you're constantly doing something to prepare for the next day and make sure what you did that day is saved. Mm -hmm. Yep. Definitely. Uh, definitely seems like, uh, you know, doing that day to day, you might end up running yourself ragged, you know, kind of burning the candle at both ends. Um, you know, I know that's how I feel kind of filming and hunting when we get on long stretches like that. And, um, (laughs) staying up or getting up early, um, to get out there and hunt and all that. And then, uh, going to bed late, like you said, all the, the data transfer and, and prepping the cameras and, and the batteries and, and all that stuff for the next hunt. So, um, I definitely can fill you on that one. <laughs> um, how, how long generally yeah. are your, your trips when you, uh, go out with them? Um, I'd say the normal trip is five to seven days. Um, we've done some quicker trips this year. I was only in Oklahoma for three days. Um, but yeah, the, the general trip's about a week. Nice. So there's not really like a central hub kind of, you're saying like Zach kind of bounces around, um, but you guys don't really have a central hub. You guys just all live, you know, wherever and you meet up for your hunts, you know, wherever the, the schedule is to hunt that week. Um, there actually is kind of a central hub. Um, Greg, Jake, me, Aaron, and Ted all have. Um, houses in uh, southeast Iowa so um, the majority of the time that we're not on the road we stay in southeast Iowa gotcha. um, in a couple houses there and then uh, but yeah I mean it just depends I mean you, there could be five people there one day and then nobody there the next and just depends what's going on everybody's pretty free floating and moving around and trying to keep everybody going nice so uh, getting that, that first waterfowl video you guys posted up there on the, the hunting public, um, was that uh, your idea or somebody else's or, you know, how'd that come to uh, come about? Yeah. Um, I just remember when I started with the hunting public, Aaron obviously knew that I was big into waterfowl and he told me, you know, if you ever want to go waterfowl hunting while we're on a deer hunting trip or whatever, just, you know, let me know and we'll go. And I was up with Jake in Wisconsin and Jake, Jake grew up doing some waterfowl hunting and, um, I don't know, one of his buddies, um, waterfowl hunted a lot around there and I was out looking for deer one day and I found a bunch of geese and I called his buddy and his buddy got permission and, um, we filmed it and Jake was like, yeah, I think that'd be good. We could do it. It might, um, attract some more viewers and maybe, um, you know, take some pressure off the deer hunting videos. So, uh, everyone was real supportive of that and it went over pretty well. And I think the viewers were willing to see a little bit of change in the content. So that was, I mean, that was awesome. That was a great goose hunt and it was cool. Jake actually filmed most of it. And, uh, I learned a lot of what I've learned now from watching Jake film that. And, um, I'd say one of the coolest thing was, uh, him filming it and 120 frames because we were able to put everything in slow-mo. Um, which I had never really thought of, but made a big go. difference when we were editing it. Oh yeah. Awesome. 
Yeah, that was uh, you know, it's definitely kind of kind of cool to see uh, the similarities, seeing uh, your filming style, and it definitely reminds me of how the hunting public films, um, you know, their deer hunting, and then seeing that on your channel, um, as far as waterfowl content goes. So you can definitely see the <laughs> the similarities from what you picked up from you know what you learned filming with those guys. Definitely. Yep. Um, so you know, I kind of got, I kind of went off on a long rabbit t- uh, rabbit trail tangent there but you know kind of ba- bouncing back to your current season um uh, you know you got a a memorable or what's what's your most memorable hunt so far this season um i'd say it was that duck hunt but last weekend we uh we got on a pond and we rarely get to shoot specs and we shot um three specs and six man limit of honkers and killed 10 ducks um, so that, I mean, we never, I've never in Missouri, I've never killed three different species of waterfowl. So that was three different, you know, geese, uh, Canada geese, specks and ducks. I'd never done that before. So that was a lot of fun. I was awesome. happy to be on that hunt. So I don't think I've seen that one yet. If it's, if it's up on your, uh, um, YouTube channel, do you want to talk us through the, the setting a little bit? Yeah. Um, so both of my hunts from last weekend weren't uh, aren't up yet. Um, I actually left my computer at Jake's house in Wisconsin, so it's getting shipped right now. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the hunting we do is on small farm ponds, which I've, I've watched several of your videos, um, and it, it looks pretty similar. Um, a lot of our farm ponds are surrounded by ag, um, and that's what this was. Actually, both of my hunts, we shot a, a six-man limit of honkers on Saturday, and then we went to another pond and shot um, a six-man limit on Sunday. Um, and it was very similar setting, and that we we that's where the majority of our waterfowl hunts are. Um, a lot of these uh, fields will have um, these big corner bean fields will have um, ponds in the middle of them. They could be any size, but most of them are an acre to two acre. I don't know the the big lake, the big ponds seem to not hold the geese as much and the real small ponds don't have, seem to hold the geese but about the acre or two acre size and um we just travel around until we see them on the pond and hope we can get permission to them the biggest thing we run into doing that is just figuring out if it's a rooster or a low um luckily both of the places that we um were hunting today uh this weekend were low so it was real easy we went in there in the morning and um set up and by eight o'clock they were coming in so um, those are real easy to scout. We just drive around until we find the birds and then, um, wait till it's dark, see where they're feeding and then see where they roost. The only other real important thing to add to that is, um, it's important at least where we are to watch where they go to roost because sometimes you can, um, be too close to the roost. Um, even if that's their low, if the roost is real close to where the pond is, then, you might get one group to come in and then if the birds on the roost, especially if the wind's blowing that way here, you shoot at the first group, um, it can throw your hunt off a little bit. So that's definitely something we take into account. Awesome. So on this hunt, you know, you found, you found the roost, you found the loaf. <clears throat> so you guys went and set up, um, you know, it's farm pond, ag and all that. And, um, you had geese come in and, and specs. So you said you don't normally, specs not a normal species for the, Missouri area? Um, I mean, there's certainly, I know people in Southern Missouri kill them all the time, but 
I don't know. We might kill a, you know, a couple specs a year. I, I shot one last year and got it mounted because I didn't know if I'd ever kill one again. And we <laughs> killed one, uh, you know, last weekend, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if we're just not finding them or, um, not good at finding the places they are, but yeah, we don't get a hunt spec that we don't get a shoot spec that often. Hmm. Definitely interesting. Uh, my buddy Elliot freelance duck hunting, um, he is out in eastern Kansas, and I know he shot one last year, and it was, I believe that was last year. Yeah, that was last year. And he's, I mean, he's killed just tons of ducks and geese over his life of hunting, and he's, you know, hardcore hunter, hunts all the time. Um, but, I mean, just, I, I can't remember if he said that was a second or third or, you know, very, very few <laughs> Um, specs in his life so it's, it's pretty interesting to kind of kind of know where their you know main um i guess main flyway is for specs because i know up here in indiana as well um i've never shot one and right um there's just not that many people i don't even know i know i know people who've shot them but um it has to just be something kind of a unique or um different situation that we're than what we're used to um, in my area. And the only time I've ever had, um, specs around even while I was hunting, um, was on a, a, a Southern Indiana hunt late season, January. And mm-hmm. we had specs all over the place, but we never had any come anywhere near us to, to decoy. So, um, <laughs> definitely on my bucket list as well to, to get a spec and, um, you know, definitely not a bad bird, to, a bad bird to, to mount. So, um, definitely cool. Definitely cool to hear that as well. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know if they just fly over, you know, this uh, latitude or what, but um, it's just a rare occurrence. There's been several times we've set up on ponds that had specs and then never seen them the next day. I don't know if they just migrate that fast or what yeah. the deal is, really. Yeah, and I know a lot of people say, say they see them with the snows and all that kind of stuff, um, which, again, they just must have a different uh, flyway or, or be uh, – um, much more rare. I don't even know. Honestly, I don't know if they're a, a, a Western flyway uh, bird is not, but I'm sure after this conversation, I'll get a lot of Instagram <laughs> messages with yeah. explanations. So, um, I'd love to know too. Cause yeah. I'd like to tell a few more. Yeah, I, I would as well. <laughs> um, did you, uh, so another thing kind of on the specs, I've heard people say, I've, I've heard people say ribeye of the sky for specs, but honestly, I believe that term is more, <laughs> uh correctly associated with um sandhill cranes but i don't know why i don't know why if it's just because i heard that first or or what but you know uh as far as the taste goes on those uh you tell any difference from just to canada or anything else i think it tastes way better than canada i think it's similar to a mallard duck really i might get reamed for that but (laughs) I, i i think i don't personally like canada that much um but specs they, I think they taste like duck, really. Okay. Um, people might have different opinions, but I, I think they're really good. So. So not better than like a duck, just, just as good as a mallard. Yeah, I wouldn't say. I, I mean, I don't think it's above and beyond anything a, a normal greenhead is by any means. Awesome. All right. Well, I think it's a, probably a good time to go ahead and jump to, um, the lightning round. So. Uh, I don't All know right. if you, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard this before or, or not, but uh, lightning round, quick questions with quick answers. 
and helps us get yeah. to know a little bit more about use a duck hunter. So let's go Sounds ahead good. and jump into it. So first off, what gun do you shoot? Shoot a Browning A5. That's that's what I like to hear. <laughs> Is it a old one or uh, you know the the new style? It's the new style. Awesome. I got both, so I can you know I'm a <laughs> I, I'm a little biased on either one. So, um, what kind of? My dad collects A5s. Awesome, awesome. So you you might have an old one at some point. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Um, what kind of shells do you shoot? Uh, it's all over the board. Pretty much anything that's cheap. I like two shot the best. You say two shot the best? Yeah, I'd say if we're if it's in between duck and goose season, I'm shooting two shots. I like to shoot Rios. Um, shoot some Federals. I mean, really anything that's on sale. Awesome. Uh, do you have a preference, ducks or geese? Uh, snow geese are my favorite by far, followed by <laughs> Canada geese. Ducks are last. Man, so they're they're your favorite, even though you don't think they taste as good. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. So we don't get a lot of people who say they like geese more than ducks. So you you got a really? you got an explanation on that? I don't know. Snow geese are by far my favorite. We've got a pit, and my buddies and I have all bought full-body snow geese, and they're just so – they were so hard to learn how to kill. We still haven't had – like, that's why I like it. We still haven't had much success killing snow geese, and I don't know. I just like it because I know someday we're going to figure it out and have a good hunt. And there's just – I like the numbers of the snow geese. Canada geese, I like them because they're very predictable, and it's like, you know, if we scout – and we put in the time, we're likely going to have a good hunt. That's why I like Canada geese. Awesome. Um, so you got a you got a favorite type of terrain to hunt? I don't know. That flooded corn's hard to beat. And then I mean, the tried through the ponds. I like I like the a farm pond is my favorite probably. <laughs> yeah, it feels you know farm ponds always feel almost like a a little bit of a chip shot, you know. <laughs> Um, like Absolutely. you said, when you got it scouted out, you got the birds figured out. Um, it's a lot more predictable um, than big water or, you know, uh, anywhere else or, or public, even public land, because a lot of times you don't know who's hunted or, or what. But, uh, you know, with those farm ponds, um, if they're there the day before, you know, there's got to be some kind of uh, act of nature where it's uh, <laughs> caused them to get right. out. So definitely, right. uh, you know, definitely can agree with you. Farm ponds are a lot of fun. Um, yep. what kind of choke do you shoot? Uh, I shoot an improved modified. Nice. Nice. No full, no, uh, improved cylinder. Nope. I, I, that was what it came with in the gun and I never changed it. My buddy's got a full choke. I've shot that a couple times, but I don't know. I've never, I don't, I personally don't try to shoot at ducks or geese that far. So it's never really been a problem. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've never really tried anything besides improved modified, and I think once I really dedicated myself to trying something different, I may change. But for now, that's what's in my gun. Awesome. All righty, I'm trying to think if there's any uh, any other ones I'm forgetting from the lightning round off memory. <laughs> um, but I think that about covers it. So, um, really appreciate you coming on tonight. Um, you know, I'll let you you kind of. Uh, end it by letting us know any future plans you got as far as with your YouTube channel or the hunting public or, or uh, you know, uh, anything along those lines. Yeah. 
So, um, like I said, my name is Ethan Gooch. Um, my in, my YouTube channel's name is Gucci TV. Um, I post on Monday and Thursday night, mostly waterfowl hunts. So I've got a couple of deer hunts coming up, and we hunt about everything. So never know what to expect there. Um, definitely check out the hunting public if you haven't. Um, there is a waterfowl hunt up there that I was on and helped film, and uh, they produce great content. I'm gonna be with them, I think, until about Christmas time and then I'm going to go start doing my YouTube channel full time on the side and go back to school. So those are my plans. Um, I appreciate you having me on. Heck yeah, man. Definitely appreciate you making the time to jump on here and talk waterfowl hunting. Um, like I said, perfect time. Everybody's pumped up. It's the middle of the season and, um, you know, it's uh, definitely cool watching you out there as well. Um, in Missouri and, and laying a uh, beat down on the birds. So I appreciate you coming on. Um, but anyways, folks, that's all we got for tonight. I'm Jordan, Duck Gun Chronicles, Ethan Gooch from Hunting Public and Gucci TV. And that's all we got for tonight. And we'll see you guys on the next one.